What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Student Built Startups Podcast, episode 28. I'm your host, Cameron Stone, entrepreneur and a marketing analytics student at UMD. I interview student entrepreneurs to share their stories and business strategies. And today's guest is going to be speaking about film festivals and filmmaking. Now, he's owned and operated his own film festival for the past three years, and he's been making short sketches for film and television since he was a freshman in high school in 2011. I highly encourage you to go check out his website, vihankana.com. Now, I am super excited to introduce you all to the owner of Visionaries Film Festival, Vihan Kana. Hey, Vihan. I am super happy to have you here on the Student Built Startups podcast today. I'm really excited to talk with you. I'll have you start off by saying hello to everyone listening and sharing one crazy but true fact about yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Vihan Kana. Um, and one crazy but true fact about me, which is completely a story for another time, is that a few years ago, I went on a trip to Peru and almost got stranded in the forest. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is, that's kind of crazy. Holy cow. Like how long were you like out kind of out there, like almost stranded? Um, well, there was, there was actually a, so we were headed up to Machu Picchu and there was a train that dropped us off at the wrong spot and it started leaving without us, but we were able to catch the attention of oh. someone on the train to stop and let us back on. <laughs> that was, oh, that sounds like it was almost a really bad situation. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty bad. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we'll, we'll start off here with you sharing a little bit about your like education and your entrepreneurial story, including some of the details about your uh, film festival, uh, Visionaries Film Festival. Of course. So I've always had an interest in entrepreneurship since, you know, I was a little kid, um, you know, with my friends, we used to do yard sales and lemonade stands. Um, and as I got older, I started learning more about actually what entrepreneurship was and what startups were. And it was really um, fascinating to me, you know, freshman year of college, uh, the summer after freshman year of college, I went to a program in California called Draper University, which is a, like a, startup program, you know, for entrepreneurs. Um, and so I was out there in Silicon Valley for two months and that was an amazing experience getting, cause I got to meet entrepreneurs from all over the world. Um, and I wanted, I always wanted to take, um, my interest for entrepreneurship and startups and do something with my love for film and television. Um, and originally I always thought, oh, maybe I'll become a filmmaker. But as I got, as I tried to get into the industry, I sort of got into volunteering and working with film festivals, sort of. I initially got into it as a way to just get my foot in the door to get in the industry and make connections. But I really loved uh, film festivals and I started Visionaries Film Festival we, we started it in 2018 because um, you know we wanted a platform for high school students and college students you know like us um, really be a starting point for them to 
get their films out there, you know, get people to start to know who they are and, you know, from there, you know, work their way up to the really well-known film festivals like Sundance Film Festival and South by Southwest. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that's awesome. I, I really like what you shared about your story there. I think that you, you uh, mentioned about like the, the lemonade stands and garage sales when you were young. And I think that like most entrepreneurs like really like kind of started when they were like real young and all of, all of like the entrepreneurs like kind of share that, that kind of like innate like desire to like try and go and like do something on their own. So I, I think that's really cool. Um, and then I like your, your kind of the, the mission behind your film festival to like bring like high school students and young people that are interested in film and kind of give them a platform to like start their journey of filmmaking. So I really like that as well. Yeah. Um, so what, what kind of led you down the path of filmmaking and entrepreneurship? Mm. Well, like I said before, from a young age, I always had a interest in film and television, you know, um, be a little bit beyond just watching films and TV shows. Uh, I really like to, you know, think about how they were made. I, I, you know, you would say, I know this director, most of his stuff is great. Um, and so this new movie that he's making should be really good. Um, and also just thinking, you know, Looking, looking at it and saying, wow, that shot was really cool or that shot must have been really complicated to do. And sort of wanting to learn um, how these things are done, you know, get down to the science of it. Yeah, yeah. So like when you're like watching movies, would you like try and like analyze like each different like shot and like try to figure out like kind of what made that unique or what made that so interesting? I, I could imagine maybe that's kind of what was going through your head if you were like so... Uh, kind of intrigued about that. Yeah, when I, as a freshman in high school, I took my first sort of film TV class. It was a television production class. And um, that's when I started to learn more of the film equipment and different camera techniques and, and things. And that was so eye-opening for me because I was really able to finally understand you know, how things are done and you know watch going back and watching old movies from my childhood i could see you know oh that's now i understand how that was done and i could try and you know do similar things myself yeah yeah that's that's really cool um i'm looking forward to like hearing more about like filmmaking and stuff later on in the interview because uh, I've had a brief, like, I guess, introduction to like filmmaking, that kind of stuff in some of my classes at school. And it's, it's pretty intriguing to me, but I, I haven't had like very much exposure to it. So this is a real interesting topic to me personally. So um pretty excited to jump into this a little bit more. Yeah, I'm excited to share with you. <laughs> um, So if there was one thing that you wish you would have known before you started down your path of filmmaking and entrepreneurship, what would you say that one thing would be? Um, well, going into filmmaking is not really like like your traditional nine to five office jobs. Um, so it can be kind of tough because um, you can you can be on a lot of you know indie films 
and you might be working for three days and then spend a lot of time looking for your next job or you might be working for three months. Um, and you can also, like you can get onto a show and like a TV show or, or something, like get on the production team and you can think that it's really good and it's going to go on for a really long time, but you never know. It could just, in a couple of months, it could just all come to an end and you're back to looking for a new job again. Like there's not a lot of, job security in the industry yeah and then yeah and then along with uh, entrepreneurship i think that you know going into any sort of business or startup idea you never really know how much work is going to go into it and for a lot of things you think you know how it's done because you've read lots of books and you've taken lots of classes but it's always so much more different and a lot more complicated when you're actually doing it yourself. You uh, come across situations that you couldn't really learn in the classroom that you have to learn from firsthand experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the like amount of like underestimation in entrepreneurship is like really kind of insane because like it sounds a lot of it is like it sounds simple and it seems like it is simple. Um, and most of the time it like, it is simple, but it, applying it to like each specific situation is like such kind of a, a shot in the dark. And especially when you're new to like doing all this stuff, it's, it's really like just a game of navigating your way through it and learning through your mistakes. Um, so as a filmmaker, what is like one of the most important things to you about your content when you're creating that? You know, to me, I just want my content to be really genuine to who I am and what I believe in. Um, I I don't believe in trying to go after what you think the audience wants. Uh, it's it's my belief that if I create something that I you know I put my hard work into my um, my heart and soul, I put into it. I just do my best job. I think there are going to be people out there who like it. Even, even if it's not what, what the masses like, there's still going to be a, a small subset of people that it really caters to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, cause like one of the things that I'm really kind of passionate about is when you're anything you're putting out, if you're putting out content of any kind, I think that it's like important to be sure that you're doing like it for you you're not trying to like you said kind of tailor it for what you think is going to do well because if you if you really focus on like voicing your own like voice essentially you're going to be able to like reach these people like in a more in a deeper way and have like more of an impact on those people even though it may not be as many um and then also just the fulfillment that comes with that is uh, gotta be greater fulfillment when you are really knowing that you're, you're voicing like exactly what you want to. Um, so I think that's yeah. like a great and, yeah. thing that you said. I mean, also with that, when you're creating things that you think other people will like, but it's not really what you like, you're almost in, in a sense becoming like a sellout. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, even you're just going to try to get the audience, but at some point you get tired, you get tired of it. You can get tired pretty quick because it's not interesting to you. And that's, that's why you see a lot of people that have a big following that just 
don't want to do what they're doing anymore because it's never what they envisioned for themselves. Yeah, yeah, that that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, I could I could imagine that there would be like very quick burnout if you started doing stuff that wasn't necessarily like for for you in a sense and like doing what you want to do. And I mean, I could I could definitely see how that would lead to kind of a burnout and you just not wanting to do that anymore. So you made a great point there. Um, so what do you enjoy most about filmmaking and operating your uh, film festival? Um, when it comes to filmmaking, I just find it to be, you know, I just find it to be really fun. You know, you can go out with your friends and, and you can film almost anything. You can go to the park and you can just take some random shots around and you can edit together a little something, or you can have more of a script that one of you guys have written with a story. Um, and even, even when it comes to uh, professional stuff, there's, so many things that go into these films that you don't really know what it's going to turn out like until you see the final product. And it, at least to me, it feels so rewarding. You know, you see the final product, the finished film, and you see the fruits of your labor and you can kind of see, Oh, I know that I did that part. Um, and it just feels so gratifying. Um, and then with the film festival, uh, I, with the film festival, I really like, um, again, helping students, you know, get a platform to uh, get their films out there. I want them to know that, you know, they can become filmmakers, you know, people care about their work, people want to see their work. Um, and I also don't want them to feel like, you know, that they just, because a lot of them will not want to submit because they think, okay, if they go to a lot of these big film festivals, they're going to spend money getting their film out there and the uh, film festival might not even want to show their film. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get what you're saying. I mean, because giving them that platform to do that is is really an awesome thing. I mean, because it, it really kind of eliminates the kind of barrier to entry, I guess you could say, and um, just lets them take that first step towards down that journey, which I think that's, that's a really, really cool thing. Um, what would you say is your, was your biggest fear when you first started um, either filmmaking or entrepreneurial uh, journeys? Um, and how did you overcome that fear? Um, well, with going into filmmaking and entrepreneurial things, you know, both of these are, like I mentioned before, they're sort of uh, non-traditional with not a lot of job security. Um, and so the biggest fear is, you know, just every, everyone around you is, um, you wonder if they're supporting you, you know, that, oh, that you could go for a traditional office job and, you could have job security and make money or, you know, but I wanted to follow my passions for like entrepreneurship and filmmaking. And, you know, that's sort of how the uh, film festival was born, you know, as a way to combine those two interests. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, you, you made a really kind of cool point there because I think that especially like with young people there, they always feel like they need, need to go to that nine to five job. And, um, if they're like, like out of college or out of high school, they get a nine to five and then they, they kind of have the mindset of they'll do that first. And then they'll maybe later on try experimenting with things that they're passionate about and have interest in. But I kind of think that like what would be almost better is to just kind of flip the, the kind of the order of that and right out, out of school or whatnot, you, you go and follow what you're passionate about and do what makes you happy. And if it works out, that's great. And if not, you can always, uh, go ahead and go back and find that nine to five job. And you can also use those things that you've learned from that journey as like a resume booster or whatever you want to, to help you, um, kind of get to that other side if you per se. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when, when kids are in like high school and college or even when they're recent grads, they usually have little to no expenses. I mean, a lot of kids uh, move out of their parents' house and go off to live in a college dorm. And they feel like when they graduate, they have to uh, live on their own and make it. But for the most part, a lot of these kids, like myself, have a good relationship with their parents and their parents are willing to, you know, let them move back into the home uh, so they don't have to worry about rent and things like that. And they can really use that extra time to uh, focus on their passions. It's it's a really good opportunity, you know, in college and, and post-grad is it's a really good opportunity to uh, take whatever like unpaid internships and you know shadow people in the industry and you know unpaid work and low paying work uh, just to sort of get into the industry and start to get up there and then you can start to find work that will you know pay you a livable wage yeah yeah absolutely and you made a good point about like not having to like necessarily go out there and like do it on your own after college and or or high school whichever it is um because like and this you have options you could like you said you can go live back with your parents or you could find two or three people to be roommates with and split rent three ways which would like cut costs a lot and like you there are a lot of different options that you you can take to uh help you like have the power to follow your dreams or passions um when you want to Um, so let's, let's switch over to talking about like how to create a great film and some of the stuff that goes into that. So like, what would you say differentiates a great film from a good film? If, if there's anything that you could like specifically pinpoint, I guess. Um, so there's a lot of different things that you can do to differentiate a great film from a good film. Um, you know, when you have these, it's a lot of, a lot of people think that if I have a really good cast of well-known actors, it's going to be a really good film, but you can find plenty of films out there that are, you know, the actors, but the film is just a flop. Um, But there are films like, uh, you know, some of the Star Wars films or even the Avatar movie um, that sort of try to use these almost uh like futuristic sort of uh stuff on their films they um often they might like have their film scripted 
and say, okay, I know that the technology to make this film is not around now, but I know that it'll be, it should be available within the next five or 10 years. And so those are sort of uh, films that last a really long time. Um, or even another example, if you, if you see 2001, A Space Odyssey, which came out sometime in the late 60s, um, if you watch it now, you might not even be able to tell that it came out that long ago just from how well it was made. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a really actually interesting thing because I, I wasn't aware that like uh, Star Wars or Avatar were like scripted like that far in advance. Um, and I think that's a really smart thing to do because if you're like scripting your your movie to kind of be made in the future when like that technology or whatever you need to make that movie hasn't kind of uh, emerged yet. But when it does emerge, you're like ready to go and you're going to be one of the first to take advantage of that. So I think that's a really interesting thing that you mentioned. Yeah, it's really, it's really easy to, well, I wouldn't say easy, but it's definitely not as hard to create a good film that a lot of people will like now, but it's a lot more difficult to create a film now that people are also going to love like 20, 30, 40 years from now. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see why. Um, so what, what are the parts of filmmate? What are like the different parts of filmmaking and is it realistic to try and take on all of those roles yourself? Um, so the different parts of filmmaking are broken up into the pre-production, the production and the post-production. And um, if you have a really small project, um, like if you're a student or something, you can do most, if not all of it on your own. Um, you know, a lot of people come up with, a lot of people think they can't do it on their own because everything they come up with is really complicated, but you can come up with simple things. So in, Pre-production, that's kind of, you know, you wrote your script, you uh, figured out who you want to play each character, um, and just getting all your equipment and all your ideas together. Um, and often, a lot of times, you can look at it, you can make some scenes that seem a little complicated, you can make them a little simpler to fit your budget and fit what you're capable of. And you can do the same thing for your actors. You may have eight actors in your film and you may take a look at it and realize you can do it with half the number of actors. You can get the same message across. Um, so then during your, the production stage of it, that's actually when you're sort of on set filming, uh, shooting your film. Um, and you have a lot of moving parts, you know, depending on, again, the size of it. It could just be, uh, I mean, it could just be the cameraman and the actors and, you know, your director could be the person behind the camera as well. Or it could be as complicated as having, you know, you have your team that's doing your set and you have uh, sound and lights and your actors and, um, you know, makeup and costumes and it's a lot of, a lot of things It can go from super simple to super complicated. Um, 
and then when you get to post-production, that's sort of um, editing the film together, you know, all the scenes, cleaning it up, um, making sure it's really good for uh, distribution, and then getting it distributed out there. Um, and, you know, depending on the type of film you have, like, if you have a film that has a lot of, um, like, a lot of it is, like, animated or computer generated then there's a lot more work in post-production and not as much during the actual production so like a lot of these like superhero movies you see like these any of these like dc or marvel movies um they have a lot of post-production um but if you have something you know super simple uh, then most of it is done during the production and there's not too much that needs to be done in terms of post-production. It's mostly just cleaning it up a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for like kind of going over those, those three different parts and kind of explaining the difference in like how complicated it can uh, be made. Um, and I do have kind of one, one question that I'm just kind of curious about. Um, so like voiceover stuff, like how, like in your like day-to-day movies that you'd like go and see at the theater, like how often would you say that, like the what you're hearing as far as like people talking is like voiceover versus actually like talking like on the scene. Um, so usually, like if you if you see an actor on screen, it's usually them you know talking on on set. But okay. if you hear anything from like a character that's not seen on screen, that's sort of like voiceover. Okay. Cool. Cool. I was just kind of curious. <laughs> Um, so yeah, obviously if you see something that's animated, it's all voiceover. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so what are three things that can be done to ensure that your film is of high quality? You know, to ensure that you're, if you want a high quality film, um, you should look at I mean, it starts with the script. So you want to make sure you have a high quality script, something that, you know, something that you like, something that you think is going to be an interesting story for a lot of people. Um, and, and then when you're actually going about and filming it, you don't just want to, I mean, you can make a film very basic that using, you, know, you can just take one camera and you can do some, really basic shots or you can take um depending on your budget you can have more um some more complicated equipment some more expensive equipment um things like um and you just want to look at the different types of uh you know shots that you're doing uh you know kind of switch it up a little bit and you know sort of keep it interesting and i guess Sort of a third thing, um, a third tip is, so you have your script is one and you have um, sort of the equipment that you're using is a second one. And I don't know, I'm not too sure about a third one right now. All right. No, that's that's totally fine. Those first two, I feel are like, I, I really feel the script is probably, I don't know, maybe you could like confirm this for me, but I feel like the script might be the most important part um, just because like, if you have a bad script, I feel like the best equipment 
won't really help you very much. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good way to look at it. Yeah, your script is really important. I mean, you can have a good script that's made into a bad film, but mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to have a bad script that's made into a good film. Okay, yeah, yeah. That makes that makes good sense. Mm-hmm. Um so if there's somebody listening right now and they want to like start making films and it's something they're very interested in, what would you recommend as like a, a first step for them? I mean, these days, uh, what you have at your fingertips is really good. Like just if you have a, whatever, like if you have an iPhone or whatever type of smartphone you have, the camera is really good quality. I mean, there are even uh, super accomplished filmmakers out there who've actually made one or two films just by filming on an iPhone, just to show you that the quality of the camera is really good. And so you just start with that phone that you have and use that as your camera. Um, You can get a couple friends together. You can do it in your backyard or go to the park or something. And you can really put something together for, uh, you know, little to no budget. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great, great piece of advice because like nowadays, yeah, like you were saying, the the phones that we have in our pockets have like really like the cameras are well above like the quality that's needed to like have a video that's like enjoyable to watch. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> um, what's one of the biggest mistakes that you see other people's make or uh, that you have made yourself um, when creating a film? Um, I think one mistake that some people make is sort of going along the lines of what I mentioned before is that they kind of make their film a little too complicated, um, as in, you know, trying to put in more scenes that are needed or a lot more characters, um, that are needed. Um, yeah, even when going through even when writing your script, uh, sort of you have different storylines, you have your main story and then you have one or two subplots, but you have to really read it over a couple times. And sometimes you'll notice that you have some scenes in there that if you, like you have to look at your scenes because there's sometimes there's scenes that can be cut out and it wouldn't have any effect on the overall story whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually like a pretty good tip, I would say, because I feel like in general, like people that are like creative in general, they sometimes tend to overcomplicate things because they get so or we get I feel like I'm creative as well sometimes, but get so like kind of um, excited about what they're working on and get very like just drawn in and they want to add and add and add. Um, But sometimes if you simplify things down, it actually like adds to like the end goal of what you're trying to um, kind of present. I feel sometimes less is more in some scenarios. Yeah. For, for everything that you do, you want to know why you're doing it. You know, why this, why is this character part of the film? Why, why this scene? Uh, Even, even when you're filming it, you know, why am I, why do I want to use this shot over this other shot or this, you know, these techniques and, really if you know if you like have a reason why you're doing everything then it'll i think it'll come out well 
yeah, that's definitely a good way to, to look at it. Um, so one more question here. How do you go about promoting your films that you make and kind of getting, getting their exposure? Um, so the most basic way to get them out there, obviously, is, you know, social media and word of mouth. Um, so you can, there's so many different kinds of social media platforms out there that you can uh, post your films to, to get the word out. Um, talking to friends and family and letting them know is huge. I, I like to go on Facebook. Um, so I didn't have too many people in the film industry that were in my circles already before. Um, so, you know, I met some friends and some professors in college, but beyond that, I went on Facebook and I joined a bunch of Facebook groups for filmmakers. And those are really good people to speak to, to, you know, bounce ideas off of um, and help promote your stuff. But also, you know, going to film festivals is a huge way to get your stuff out there. You know, you can start with these small film festivals to get your, like if you're an unknown filmmaker to get some recognition. And if you're able to get into these big film festivals that are out there, they actually have, you know, distributed distributors from companies that come and, you know, so you can, even, even with these film festivals, you can submit, uh, short films that are, that you say, you know, if I can get funding, I want to turn this into a feature film or just a script that I have that I want some funding to turn into a film. Um, and you can get picked up at these film festivals. Oh, wow. I, I didn't know that you could kind of do that as like uh, try to get funding for like creating something or expanding upon something. That's that's actually kind of interesting. I think that's cool. Um, and regarding like the how you said you went on like Facebook and tried reaching out to people that way I think that's great um, because like using your like what you have available at your fingertips social media you can reach out to people um, regarding anything that you're interested in and kind of join a community and get feedback and um, really just gain some knowledge and kind of improve what you're doing through that as well so I think that's that's pretty cool yeah, and you can, um, if you live in or near any major city, there's events happening all the time. So whether you're going to, uh, you know, film festivals or just regular meetups, you can go meet a lot of like-minded people. And it's a great way to, you know, find people to work on your films with or just to bounce ideas off of. Yeah, for sure. Um so we're going to move on to the last section here, which is the fast five section. So I'll ask five questions and we'll just go through those pretty quick. So what is the most valuable learning experience that you have had? Um, I think the most valuable learning experience that I've had, well, in terms of filmmaking, I would, I would say that, um, you know, just in school being given we were taught how to use the equipment and just being sort of given the equipment and almost sort of being given free reign to put together a project and you learn your creativity and, you know, how to make films. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, th- I feel like sometimes just getting out there and like doing it and putting in the reps is the, the best way to learn for a lot of things. Um, what is one book that you would recommend? Now, I know you're you're a big like movie person, so maybe you're not a huge book person, but. <laughs> um, so I don't know, like specifically one book that I would recommend about filmmaking, but um, generally, you know, you have the internet of, at your fingertips, you have the whole world. And so you can just go online and um, learn about anything. There are a lot of good, uh, whether it's a courses you can take or just articles where you can learn a lot of things and you can really stay up to date on the most current information. Yeah, I absolutely. I mean, uh, doing a quick Google search can definitely yield a lot of information. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is one, like, I guess maybe either filmmaking tool or business tool that you would recommend? I would say, um, you know, one tool that I would recommend is, again, I would just recommend using social media, especially for, uh, films, you know, you can, the best way to start is just with your friends and family, you know, you're making some films and just put them out there on social media, um, and see what people think, what kind of feedback you get. And, you know, that from there you improve. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have like a favorite platform that you use to kind of promote your films and get them out there or you kind of just use all of them? Um, I kind of use all of them, but for the most part, filmmakers do, will upload their films to Vimeo. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've heard of Vimeo. Um, so how do you schedule your time and plan ahead? Um, so, you know, either the night before or in the morning, I generally like to think about, you know, what are my goals for what I want to accomplish during the day um, and put together sort of a rough outline of how I want to accomplish it. Like, um, you know, wake up around whatever time and this is what I want to accomplish before lunch. And then this is what I want to accomplish before dinner. And sometimes if I have a lot of things I want to accomplish that day, I might even, uh, I might even try to do more things after dinner, you know, before I go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I do kind of a similar thing, uh, when I plan out my days, I I like breaking it down into like sections and then trying to set like basically benchmarks for what I want to have done by this time. And, uh, most of the time I, I over, uh, overestimate how much I can get done and then things get pushed back, but (laughs) better than underestimating what to do with the extra time. Yeah, definitely. Um, so last question here is, What's the number one thing that drives your motivation? Um, I would say the number one thing that drives my motivation is that is that I'm doing something that I really love and have a passion for. And when you're doing something that you love and have a passion for, you wake up every day excited to, um, and you know going to work doesn't feel like work because you really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just that feeling of like when you you know what that what you're doing is like making you fulfilled. It makes doing it just so much 
easier and it's not even like work really it's it's just you doing what you like to do yeah um, so I, I think that's great that you found kind of that what that thing is and i think that uh, a lot of other people out there should should strive to find out what that is for them um so vihan you gave some great information about how to create a great film and shared your awesome story so that was great as well but before we wrap up i'll ask you to provide one main takeaway for everyone listening right now um i would say the main takeaway would be um just whatever you do in life make sure you do what you love like you can pursue your passions at a young age and make a living off of it you don't have to wait until retirement <laughs> definitely yeah that's that's a really really great uh message there I, I totally agree with you um and where can the audience find more about you um i mean you can find more about me uh on my I have a personal website that you can go to. So it's vihankana.com. So V-I-H-A-N-K-H-A-N-N-A.com. All right. Cool, cool. And I'll, I'll make sure to put that uh, in the show notes. And if you want me to put your social uh, profile in there as well, I can put those in the show notes as well so everyone can find those. Um, okay. Yeah, so I, I really enjoyed having you on the podcast. Thanks for uh, for being on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. All right, and that is all that I have for this episode of the Student Built Startups podcast. I'm super happy I was able to share Vihan's story with everyone that's listening right now. And big thanks to Vihan for coming on here and sharing his experiences with everyone listening. And also, thank you to you right now, the listener, for listening to this episode. It really means a lot to me. And if you want to hear more amazing entrepreneurial stories and advice, I highly encourage you to subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review. And if you're interested in finding out more about what we talked about today or the links to everything that we mentioned, head over to studentbuiltstartups.com and you'll find all that stuff that you're looking for. Thanks again. And I will catch you on the next episode.